The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, May the 25th, and we are continuing along through the entire NFL as we reset every single division. On this episode, we will reset the NFC West with Jeff Kerr. Coming up, the rest of the NFC will be in the feed eventually. You can go listen to the entire AFC breakdown plus a mailbag podcast in which I talked about the Carolina Hurricanes being up 2-0, which is no longer the case. They are now, even at two to two, whoops, on my part. And if you want to watch this on YouTube, make sure to like the video and tell us which team from the NFC West, which win total you like the best. But before we get to the NFC West, I want to remind you about what's on or let you know what's on CBS Sports HQ this week. As always, HQ is the network to start your sports news day with at 8 a.m. when we have the morning buzz, an hour of highlights, news, and all the day's need-to-know info. Come back or just leave it on throughout the day at 6 p.m. where we break down all the night's action, release dozens of picks from the best analysts and handicappers in the sports world. But this week, oh, this week is all about the action across the pond. HQ, which you can find playing 24-7, 365 for free in the blue CBS Sports app on your connected TV, has two hours of lead-in programming ahead of both the Europa League final Wednesday and the Champions League final Saturday. After the matches conclude, don't leave the app as HQ will have extended coverage of both matches, breaking it down, breaking it all down with the best soccer minds out there. Like I said, go to Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, really most anywhere connected TVs, and look for that CBS Sports app. Fire it up, check out HQ, and heck, Tell us what you think about it on Twitter. That's how confident I am. You'll love the way we, the way we break down the beautiful game in all your favorite sports. Whoo! What a promo, Jeff Kerr. Did you did you like how I did that without taking a breath? How you doing, buddy? Thanks for joining the show. I don't know how you do it. I was trying not to blink that whole time. I don't, me too. I was. Uh, I don't know. I guess I feel uh, even though my body is a shell of itself, I feel renewed with the vigor of watching a fifty-year-old Phil Mickelson win. Uh, the, the PGA Championship at Keough Island feels like you can do anything, no matter how old you are. Fired up. He's 65 years old. He's an avid golfer. He goes, you know what? I shot 74 today in honor of Phil Mickelson. I'm like, that's awesome. I'd love to hear it. I might do Phil's coffee diet just right before my 40th birthday. Just lose 15 pounds by doing nothing but drinking coffee and driving my wife insane. Anywho. Let's I would get- be a while if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, Devo's like, oh, God. <laughs> Tell me when you're doing that. Uh, anyway, the free agency and draft are over. Schedule's out. We know all these things about all these teams. And so we're going to try and find the best gambling angles for each within each of these divisions, whether it's win totals, odds to win the division, odds to win the Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. And as we dive into the NFC West, we have one of the more competitive divisions, the Rams 
the excuse me, the 49er, no, the Rams are the favorites at plus 180 to win it. The 49ers next at plus 200. The Seahawks plus 280. And the Cardinals plus 575. In other words, Vegas leans towards the Rams, but certainly does not know who's going to come out of this division. And that's fair. This is a tough division, Jeff. Uh, we'll start with the Cardinals. Their win total, eight. The over minus 140 odds to win the NFC, 18 to 1. Odds to win the Super Bowl, 40 to 1. Picked up Zaven Collins and Rondell Moore in the draft and then scooped up some veterans, J.J. Watt and A.J. Green, some like potential future Hall of Famers on the veteran free agent market. Uh, what do you think about the Cardinals? Any value in what they've done this offseason as it pertains to their win total? I thought they were the most active team in free agency in the NFC West. And like you said, the A.J. Green sign, I thought it was huge for them. It's crazy to think that the Cardinals actually needed help at wide receiver considering you have DeAndre Hopkins, you had uh, Christian Kirk available. Uh, I'm still a little worried about the running game, though, with Chase Evans. I'm not really sure what to make of him yet. He seems like a, a really good number two back, but where he'll be the one, we'll see. Uh, D.J. Humphreys. Actually, and, and worth pointing out, they picked up James Conner, too, as a late addition in free Yeah, that, that's right. They did pick him up. So they do have – you know, a good solid one too. That I, I actually wanted to mention DJ Humphreys. I thought he had a really good tackle last year. And I was slamming them about their offensive line throughout the year. And when I was looking at the numbers, I'm like, okay, DJ Humphreys wasn't bad. Now you play Josh Jones, you get guys in, in there. Um, honestly, with the Cardinals, I think it just comes down to Cliff Kingsbury. Like, can he not have Kyler Murray throw the ball 40 times a game? Yeah, and let's not forget, they also added uh, via trade Rodney Hudson from Las Vegas. So really, in Justin Pugh, you know, they, when you look at this offensive line, there's enough there where you could talk yourself into it being a decent offensive line and protecting Kyler Murray. I also think Cliff Kingsbury sort of has to figure out, okay, is my system going to work in the NFL? Is it going to be effective enough, or should I just sort of not, not scrap everything, but should they just sort of – I don't know. Maybe it needs to be modified a little bit. It doesn't feel like this, you know, uh, air raid system. That's not really what they even run is, is taking over the NFL. And at times, like at times this offense will look like it wants to cook. And other times it sort of looks stuck in the mud. And even, you know, that big win over Buffalo last year on the, the hail Murray or whatever, they were almost setting it up where they, to, for failure. Like they were, they, they didn't have the urgency moving down the field. And that's what sort of uh, bugs me about this offense at times. You know, I think defensively, they pick up Malcolm Butler, uh, Robert Alford. We mentioned J.J. Watt to, to pair with Chandler Jones. David Collins in addition. Isaiah Simmons, a first-round pick from last year. You know, Zach Allen they really liked as a third-round pick in 2019. There's a lot to like here. I mean, there's a lot to believe that, you know, this team and Vance Joseph was kind of pulling the, you know, pulling the strings pretty well last year. I, I mean, I think that this profiles as a team that should be above 500 with their additions. So I would like the over eight wins – uh, if it gets up to nine, I'm probably going to be a little hesitant there. And I don't think it's crazy to suggest they could win the division. I mean, there's certainly warts on all the other te- on, on all the teams here. Yeah, honestly, Will, they should win over eight games. They should have won over eight games last year. Kyler Murray got hurt in week seven. Mm. Everybody seems to forget that. Like, they were probably going to be a playoff team last year if their star quarterback doesn't get hurt. But we want to be fair. They they kind of lost their playoff berth the week before when they lost sure. a 49er team that should, just should not have happened. I mean, they were lucky that game was on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. And then you're right about the Kyler thing. He was playing it. He was in the MVP conversation, or did he get hurt? And then he got in the MVP conversation. I can't remember which one it was. But he that, that stretch after he got hurt, there's a four- or five-week stretch where he just wasn't playing that well. And he clearly wasn't Kyler. His, his rushing attempts were down. His rushing yards were down. And then he, he got back to where he wanted to be, and the, it was a much better team. So 
Yeah, it, it certainly they're, they're going to rely on Kyler Murray to be healthy and play 16 games. Yeah, and I told Kyler Murray, I think it was week 14 of last year, it was when he was doing the My Claws, My Cleats thing. I'm like, look, I got to bring up the question here. Are you injured? And he's like, it's not an issue. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, your stats say it is because you were like the first quarterback ever to have 10 games with a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown in the same game. And you you did it like eight times in the first nine weeks and then you couldn't do it anymore. So, you know, I had to ask him. And I mean, it did bother him, but then he goes out and throws for 350 the next game. So I'm like, maybe he felt better. I don't know. It, it took it took all the time to realize he was hurt, and then all of a sudden, by the time we all realized it, he was able to get healthy. So yeah, I like this over uh, the over win total. I actually don't mind sprinkling on the Super Bowl odds. I mean, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I, duh, but forty to one is not a, forty. It's hard to find forty to ones on legitimate playoff contenders in the off season. The last they, last team I think that had forty one odds to win the Super Bowl was Philly. So. We'll see. Um, that that wanted. I mean, that, I'm not saying the Cardinals can't win it. I, I think it was more of can they get out of the NFC West and how high of a seed can they have it? If they get out of the NFC West and have number one seed, then you know, put all the chips on the table. But I just don't see that happening because that division is just going to beat each other up. Okay. All right. Uh, a pass for you on the Cardinals winning the Super Bowl. Nothing wrong with that. It's it's a long shot. If if Kyler takes that third year leap, then. It's a totally different story. I I think there's decent value in the division at six to one and forty to one for the Super Bowl. But I mean, again, it's it's probably a long shot, even with the veteran additions. The Seattle Seahawks have a win total of ten. The over under the over is plus one twenty. So they're thinking the under there. Twelve to one to win the NFC. Twenty five to one to win the Super Bowl. Not a whole lot of additions this offseason, despite Russell Wilson's grumbling. I threw in Jamal Adams is their top draft addition because they basically traded a bunch of picks to get him from the Jets. They ended up with only three guys: Dwayne Eskridge, Trey Brown, and Stone Forsythe that they picked in the twenty twenty one NFL draft, which will probably have some ramifications down the road. They did add Gabe Jackson via trade, which will include a free agency addition, and then they signed Kerry Hyder, but largely a team that. Appears to sort of sit on its laurels and say, "All right, this is a good. This is good enough what we have to win. Let's try and if the defense can be better, pass rush can be better, and hopefully Russell Wilson is just Russell Wilson again." Yeah, they basically told Russ, "Yeah, we're going to change our offense around, and we hope that you're happy." By the way, we added Gabe Jackson, as, as you pointed out, but they really didn't do much. Um, you know, Ethan Pochick is still their center. He's still terrible. That's not going to help Russell Wilson at all. Dwayne Brown is getting older. He's still good. But I, I don't know, Will. It, it, to me, it just feels like more of the same. And last year, I was all in on the Seahawks. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. I picked them to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I thought they were going to play Kansas City. And Russ was just going to have this MVP year. And for nine, ten weeks, it looked really good. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they hit a wall. And then they played the Rams in the playoffs, and that was it. I, I didn't even think they were going to lose to the Rams. And, you know, mm. I, I just thought they were a better team. And I just felt, uh, okay, you know, Seattle always does this. Like, when they lost the Giants, I wasn't even concerned. I'm like, okay, whatever. Pete Carroll is like Andy Reid. He always has that game off. And, you know, they'd show up when they counted. And I was wrong. (laughs) I was completely wrong on that. (laughs) I mean, they halfway through the year, it looked like Russ was – I mean, Russ was – people were like, it's over. MVP's over. Russ is getting it four weeks into the season. Then he doesn't even get a single vote by the end of the year. That should tell you everything you need to know about – Well, hasn't got an MVP vote, but yet he's only 40 touchdowns away from passing Peyton Manning for the most touchdowns in his first 10 seasons. It's crazy. (laughs) Uh, I would would point out that it's possible, Jeff, for this defense to maybe shape back into a top half of the league unit. Um, You know, adding Kerry Hyder is a bonus. They have – like, it it was going to require – Carlos Dunlap to 
step up and have a big season. LJ Collier to sort of take the leap. You know, they added Robert Kandichi. You know, Puna Ford is a, is an underrated player. It, it they just need they got to get some pass rush, man. They just don't have any pass rush. Jordan Brooks, their 20, 2021st round pick, needs to be an impact player right away. And in the secondary, you know, Adams is was their best pass rusher, honestly. You know, they lose uh, Shaq Griffin. They, man, there's just a lot of – there are a lot of question marks, I think, on this defense. But you can kind of see a weird path to where it's a, a top half of the league unit. If it's not, then Russ is going to have to drag this team up and down again. And it it really becomes a question of will they let them do that with Shane Waldron as their new OC? Are they going to let Russ cook? Is Pete Carroll going to pull the reins in when you know they start getting into these shootouts and the defense looks terrible? Is it going to be a repeat of last year or even a, you know, a worse version of last year? If that's the case, I like the under ten wins even in a seventeen game season. I, I don't. I, I never want to fade Russell Wilson, but it's hard to picture this as the best team in the division, much less the I don't know, even the second the second best team. Yeah, what are they going to do when Chris Carson eventually gets hurt again? I have him on fantasy. All he does is get hurt. And every game I watch him, he gets hurt. Um, is Rashad Penny going to come back from the dead? I I, I don't know. I thought he was going to come back in November, December last year. It just never happened. Carlos Hyde's gone. He's in Jacksonville now. It's Their offensive line's in shambles. And like you said, uh, um, Carlos Dunlap, I actually thought he had a good year after the trade. It, it yeah. just seemed like you know the shocking trade there, and they had a better pass rush. But I can see why they traded two first round picks for Jamal Adams because their first round picks don't play. Uh, Jordan Brook, LJ Collier, they just don't play. Uh, I'd love to see him get KJ right back. I feel a whole lot better about their defense if he would eventually sign with them again. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be beneficial. I should also add they added they added uh, Gerald Everett in free agency, who's a pretty good player for the Rams, a tight end. So I mean, you know, that's like Russ is like, I want. I want offensive linemen. I want weapons. They're like, all right, we've got you, Dwayne Eskridge, uh, Gerald Everett, and uh, and Gabe Jackson. How's that, Russ? You happy? We went shopping for you. They're like, he's like, I, I mean, they do have the guy who is probably the closest thing to Randy Moss and DK Metcalf. So right. you can't complain too. Much. He's got weapons. Like you got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I mean, what are we doing, Russ? It's it's a they're a little thin. Uh, this doesn't. If you took Russell Wilson off this team, I'm not sure. I think I think they profile as a six win team. Six wins. I can four. Four. I think, yeah. I mean, I think Russ gives them six wins automatically. He, I mean, he might honestly like this. This is a not a great roster if you take Russell Wilson off. If something happened to Russell Wilson, and I'm not, I, I don't think it will. Russell's very good at protecting his body. He takes care of his body in the offseason. Um, he's a, one of the most the smartest quarterbacks you'll ever see in terms of how he operates on the field and, and taking hits. But like Dak Prescott was that way too, and he got hurt. If something happened to Russell. And G- this team is Geno Smith and Danny Etling. Oh, this team, this team has got a top five draft pick coming. Well, if I was the Seahawks, the minute Russ gets hurt and misses like four to six weeks, I pull tank. the plug and tank. Yeah. yeah, I tank and say, you know what? We're going to trade you this all season five first round picks to start. He is that good. Rustin for Russ or whatever the uh, the all <laughs> season tagline would be. All right, let's take a quick break and we come back. The two biggest contenders in the NFC West. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The San Francisco 49ers have the same win total as the Seahawks, 10, except the 49ers are juiced over minus 150. Their NFC odds, 6-1, to one, Super Bowl odds, 14-1. to one. Of course, their top draft additions, Trey Lance, with that first overall pick that they gave a ton of picks for, and then Trey Sermon, who I'm in love with in terms of uh, being able to become the feature back that Kyle Shanahan uh, so so much enjoys. Like, just the guy who can be the one-cut runner and take off. Trent Williams and Alex Mack added as well. This feels like a team, by the way, they still have Jimmy Garoppolo. It feels like a team that is very much in it to win it now, but also setting itself up for the future. And, you know, you can find some holes, certainly on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, there's no reason to think that this can't be one of the best offenses in football week in and week out, regardless of whether Jimmy Garoppolo is good or healthy, because you have the Trey Lance ripcord there. Yeah, they're loaded. Uh, I, I got to be honest. I, I think San Fran's loaded on the offense. Getting Trent Williams back was huge for them. I, I guess they would have moved Michael Glinchey back to left tackle. I wouldn't see that as an ideal fit. They would have had to get someone in there. Maybe they would have been the team that traded for Orlando Brown and just went yeah. at that point. Uh, I, I I don't know, but I, I'm like you, Will. I love the Trey Sermon pick. Um, when To me, he kind of reminds me of the impact J.J. Uh, J.K. Dobbins would have in Baltimore. Yep. And, you know, we saw what Dobbins did. He basically set the franchise rookie record for rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. And I, I think he actually tied the rookie record for like seven rushing, seven consecutive games of rushing touchdown or something like that. So I could see the impact Sermon has there. You have Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson is incredibly underrated. That's when I knew they were dumb. Wilson got hurt. I think it was like, what, week 13 or something? He got hurt. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're fit. Brandon Ayuk, uh, everybody talked about Justin Jefferson and – all, all these guys, what they did last year. Brandon Ayuk had a really, really good Great run. rookie season. Yeah, and you still have Debo Samuel. You still have these uh, – all these wide receivers. Oh, by the way, George Kittle, I, I know you've heard of him. Uh, he's back. Yeah, decent yeah. player. <laughs> he's okay. Yeah, I mean, he's you know only a record-setting tight end. I mean, right. uh, what else do you want? And uh, I don't even need to mention their defense. I just got to say, you know, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, let's go. Yeah, I, I, this is a – this is just a good – football team and there's no reason to think that they won't be right there at the end of the season assuming that Trey Lance is ready and or Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy I to me I I love the over here because they do have multiple options at quarterback and we don't know who's going to start week one they might trade Jimmy Garoppolo if they do that I really don't think they will Jeff I always thought all along they were going to keep Jimmy G because they want to have they want to roll him out for the first couple of games if he plays well they can take their time with Trey Lance. If he doesn't play well or he gets hurt, you have Lance there as an option. And if the offense is sluggish and you're still winning games, you know, maybe around week four, week five, you throw Trey Lance in there and uncork everything. I just, to me, it gives them the be the best of both worlds. Well, it's sort of like Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes in 2017. So I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the 49ers and it's hard not to be excited about what they have. The, really the only thing that is stopping me from just being all in on the 49ers is my love for Matthew Stafford and the Rams. The Rams have the 10 and a half win total. 
I am all, I am all for Matthew Stafford, by the way. As soon as he yeah. got traded for the Rams, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I know. I was like all in on the Rams. And now that now I'm like, I don't know who I like more between the Rams and the 49ers. They have similar Super Bowl odds, 14 to 1 and NFC odds, 6 to 1. Again, the Rams win total, just a half unit or a half game higher. But with the juice, it basically evens out. The top draft additions were Tutu Atwell and Ernest Jones. And, of course, top free agent edition, we're going to go Matthew Stafford via a trade. Any value that you see in the Rams in terms of the betting market? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, what was their over? Were they ten? Were they were they like the 49ers? Were they ten or were they ten and a half? Do you remember? Uh, the 49ers were ten. They were ten. Okay, 10 well, over one fifty though. So okay, so I think I would take over ten for the 49ers. Uh, for the Rams, I, I'm going to take the over no matter what. Like, yeah. and I'm one of Sean McVay's biggest critics uh, at CBS Sports. I, I'm not a fan of the guy at all, but I will admit he's a really good coach. And now you actually have a, a legit quarterback with him. So. There's no excuse for this man. Uh, this offense should not be middle pack, not with Matthew Stafford. Oh, by the way, you had Deshaun Jackson to the Rams, too. Oh, yeah, good point. Deshaun, yeah, a perfect yeah. fit for what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. So you have Robert Woods, you have Cooper Cup, um, you still have Tyler Higby. Your offensive line is the only thing I'm concerned about because they're old and they're this close to getting injured. Like, I, I, I just feel like Andrew Whitworth is a leg injury from being done. He is 39, after all. I, I mean, I know he you know, quote Jim Nancy, <laughs> you know, Bill beats Potter time. Andrew Whitworth beats it every year. Right. Uh, but besides that, <laughs> they're, lo- they're loaded. I mean, th- this is a team that I love the Cam Akers pick at running back. You still have Daryl Henderson. It's, there's just an embarrassment of riches over in LA. It's a shame they're not in the NFC East. Cause I think I would just put all my chips on the table and say, you know what? Give me an over under a 13. I go for every, that. each of the la- the Rams and the 49ers would win. 14 games minimum in the NFC East. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> who would beat them in that division? Would anybody beat them? Like I don't who? I don't think so. I mean, no offense. The Eagles just aren't there. The well, we'll get to the yeah. NFC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think they would be the they would be like minus two fifty or minus three hundred to win the division in, in those particular cases. So yes, absolutely. And by the way, speaking of those division odds, it's tough, man, to take, you know, you're if you're betting on uh, you know, the Rams are plus 180, 49ers are plus two hundred. I mean to me, that's sort of a. I'd be like I said. I think the Cardinals are decent value at six to one, but Rams and 49ers, You're basically coin flipping with those two teams. One of the other ways you could attack this is, you know, wait and see who wins early. Bet it. It like it's possible it could flip multiple times throughout the season. You could get a plus number, like plus three hundred, plus four hundred on each of the Rams and the 49ers, depending on how the early season games go. So if you have a, if you have a strong take that the Rams are that much better than the 49ers, then two to one is pretty good. But it's hard for me to put either one of those teams too far past each other. There's got to be some prop bet too for Matthew Stafford over on their passing yards. Like, I, you know, do you even do an alternate line? Like, I seriously would consider putting that guy at like five thousand passing yards and taking the over and seeing how much money I could get. His MVP odds are like fourteen to one. So I take that. <laughs> his passing yards over under is probably forty. 40- 300. I like that alternate line idea. There. Will, will Matthew Stafford throw for 5,000 passing yards? You think you'd get 20 to 1 on that or 10, 10 to 1, 15 to 1? I don't know. He's done it once, too. So That's a lot of yards. Oh, well, well, it was 17 games, too. It's actually very possible. Yeah, I always forget we have a 17 game season. Right, like, right. I'm, I'm doing like the Eagles game by game prediction right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They play 17 games. Why is this taking so long? It's extremely <laughs> annoying. Extremely annoying. Um, okay, so any value for you? Anything? Just to recap the NFC West, anything that stands out to you, Jeff, in terms of what you would want to bet on, I would go Cardinals over, 49ers over, 
bet the Cardinals to win the division lightly. Oh, and I like Trey Sermon to be offensive uh, player of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Excuse me. I would take that. Um, honestly, I would probably. I know it's an easy one. You're not going to make much money off of Aaron Donald, defense player of the year again. Why not? Uh, you know, he's he's one of what only two guys to win or three guys to win it three different times. You might as well take it the fourth. Um, they're still loaded there. I would take the Cardinals to win the division just because of their odds. Like as you said earlier, Will, anybody can win this division. I would take the Seahawks under on the win total. Um, I don't know. I like the Seahawks a lot. I I'm still a huge fan of Russell Wilson, but this is. This division's loaded. Like someone's going to not be good, and 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 I should say not be good as in they're going to be seven to nine, eight and eight. And for the Seahawks, that's just rare for them. Like the Cardinals are good. The 49ers are going to be back. Um, they, they were the team that fell last year because of all the injuries, so they were six and ten. Now uh, the Rams, we know what they're going to be. They're going to be back in the mix. If the Rams go nine and seven, I'm going to be. Sorry, John Breach. I'm going to be on a crusade to get Sean McVay fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. Nine seven or. Nine and uh, eight. Yeah, nine and eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten and seven. Or- and one. How about we go to that one? I even think ten and seven would be surprising for the Rams or 49ers, Whereas the Seahawks could easily go ten and seven, and it's a pretty good season, and you push on their win total. Whereas, and, but it wouldn't be surprising if they're nine and eight. Like that wouldn't be shocking. By the way, I like that's a good call on Aaron Donald. He's four to one to win the Defensive Player of the Year, which is not not good odds. But the guy just wins it every year. He wins. It's Unless a, it's just a absolutely dominant performance from another player, you know, and Miles Garrett six and a half to one, TJ Watt six and a half to one. So those would be your guys, I guess, who would step up and steal it. You know, if the Rams are good and they should be, and Aaron Donald is doing Aaron Donald things, which he should be, he's going to get the love at the end of the year. He should really be minus one ten to win Defensive Player of the Year. I know that's insane, but voters do not get voter fatigue with Aaron Donald. They. They see how everything stacks up at the end of the year, and unless there's a Stephon Gilmore transcendent performance on a on a team that is hunting for the playoffs or is in the playoffs, they're probably going to go with Aaron Donald. And so I, I wouldn't, I have no problem with that at four to one. I was expecting two to one at worst. Yeah, and you and I both know too when they do the Defensive Player of the Year, they don't look at oh, what's the opponent passer rating against Stephon Gilmore. They just don't do that. They, they ignore that all the time. Like they'll, they'll say this guy had a good year, and then you look at the advanced stats, and they really didn't. But Aaron Donald, they look at defensive tackle, they look at sacks, they look at pressures, and he's completely ahead of everybody in that category. You know, unless you're Chris Jones or Fletcher Cox, you're not coming close to Aaron Donald in that. And that's just how they pick him. Like, unless some defensive end or edge rush, like, see, I mean, look, Chandler Jones gets 19, 19 and a half sacks a year. He doesn't even get a sniff at defensive players. Sniff it. And he's back this year. By the way, that's another reason why we should pick the Cardinals, because he's back. That's right. Chandler Jones back for sure. All right. Good stuff on the NFC West uh, with Jeff Kerr. We'll be back. We'll talk to you uh, on Friday about the NFC East. So make sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and check out your feeds. Thanks, Jeff. Yep. No problem. Thanks for having me all, Will.